I'm Father Dennis Strack. And I'm Katie Prejean McGrady. And this is Ave Spotlight. school Katie and it is going pretty well it's you been were, yeah a mess of a week we've had uh move in for the past week all of our first year students coming back our international students our undergraduate students everyone's back on campus we just had our opening school mass and uh and classes have begun and uh I gotta say it's it's going pretty well we got our little trendy masks and stuff yeah it's going our um mass was in the it was in the football stadium, wasn't it? Stadium mass, which is pretty cool. We were vesting in the locker room. Social media that went out uh, from our university photographer, Matt Kishore, who does an awesome job. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was great. We had to have all the students again in the stadium. And uh, it was cool because there's been kind of a, uh, a ban on music, right? Singing and the water droplets and all that stuff. So it was cool to see they put the musicians from the full choir socially distanced in the press box. They spaced mm-hmm. them out and then they pumped in the music through the audio in the stadium. And then we saw a video of them. They were able to sing the song. We were able to have some music, which was great because obviously in the stadium, usually getting pumped up, you're getting ready. To yeah. So getting ready and pumped up for Jesus was, was pretty great too. It was great to have the uh, members of the Notre Dame full choir there and leading us in prayer and song. But, uh, that's that's not the first mass that's ever been done there, is it? Well, it's weird. Everyone was asking, like, has there ever been a mass in the stadium? And no one can recall one ever. I mean, so it's always been in the, the Jack, the basketball arena. Right. But not in the stadium. So graduation's been in the stadium, like commencement, things like that, but but not um, but not a mass. So we think it was like the first first one in Notre Dame Stadium, which was pretty cool to be a part of. That is pretty cool. I mean, there's a Garth Brooks concert now, and now there's <laughs> there's mass, <laughs> so you can't complain. Joel was postponed, also. So. Yes, and potentially football. Do we know yet? Yeah, it is starting. So starting in September, it's going till through I think till December fifth. So okay. um, yeah, we start up on the twelfth, I think, of September. Okay, because the Big Ten canceled their season. Yeah, I saw so that. That's sort of uncertain still. Is like. I think there's limited guests allowed, but I don't know. Does that mean like some of the yeah. students, some of the students and their friends, donors, um, about the best priests? I mean, that's kind of kind of wondering about that as well. I was going like, to say, I can't imagine like so. The only equivalent to Notre Dame would be LSU down here. So I, I can't imagine an LSU game without a crowd. Um, I certainly can't imagine a Notre Dame game without a crowd. All they said was no tailgating. So we'll see what, what happens there. I mean, I've been following the NHL a little bit, and they have the bubble. The bubble seems to work early. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not the plan here. So we'll see how it goes. But it's great to have the kids back. Great to be in a routine again. Uh, regular masses and stuff. Kids were like, what have you been up to this summer? Well, you're half my job. So it's great to have everybody back. I think by and large, and we talked about this a, a couple weeks ago, um, the kids following the protocols, like they're doing what's, what's being asked of them. And it's, and it's hard. And it's hot outside. It's hard, it's hard to wear a mask all day. Um, yeah, they're doing really well. They're doing their best. But what about you? What's up? I'm gl- I'm glad to hear that. Well, Tommy's back to school. The students show up this week, um, and he's got like his rhythms and routines down for decontamination and for cleaning off the tables. And I'm not as anxious as I was. Um, we, I, I mean, I know that like that's kind of been the name of the game is like I'm just on edge because what does this world look like? But I had a, kind of a thought the other day, like at what point. Do we recognize, do we get to the place where like, okay, well, we're just, 
we're going to be cautious and we're going to do what we have to do to get life back. Um, and I don't know, like I kind of came to a point where I said, I can only do so much. I can control what my family does and I can control where we go. And then we're just going to trust. And that's kind of a weird place to be. Um, but it's a nice place to be. It's kind of nice to be at a place where like the anxiety and the worry is not controlling my every move, but is instead kind of like, all right, well, that's there. And this trust is here. And the two are going to live together. Um, which I don't, I don't know if that's prudent. Maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll eat my words and say, this was so stupid and we should have just kept ourselves hidden from the world for forever. But right now that's kind of where I'm at, which is perfect for the conversation that we're, we're sharing today with our, our good friend, Gary Zemak, an Ave author um, who writes about anxiety, who is, first time I ever interviewed Gary, he called himself a professional worrier. And I was like, yes, that's me. Can I join that club? Um, but I loved, I loved his conversation. It was great. I, I think, again, totally pertinent. And I think when I reflect on the ways that I've been trying to move through some of the worry and anxiety, I mean, certainly praying in community has been helpful you know, having that sense of Holy Cross together and working through this as a family has been helpful. We're mindful that just like Tommy, I'm sure like this isn't just our individual mm-hmm. efforts. This is totally a team thing and it takes everyone to participate in order to make this year safe to finish out the semester. Um, all those things. So we're so mindful of that, but it was a great conversation with Gary and I hope, uh, I hope our listeners can clean a lot, especially during this time when worry and stress seem to be taking us over to be able to find that sense of freedom and to find God in the midst of the struggles we face. Gary, thanks for coming on the show. Katie, it's always a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, Father Dennis and I, we were so excited to be able to talk to you about um, anxiety and stress and anger, I think, because those (laughs) themes are kind of the world right now. Um, <laughs> exactly. But tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you're doing in like 30 seconds. <laughs> you know, Katie, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to do what I do. I'm in full-time ministry, writing, speaking, hosting radio shows, uh, just whatever I can do to spread the good news. And I specialize in helping people who are anxious to break free from worry with the help of Jesus Christ. That's, that's in a nutshell what I do and what I've been doing. And how he's working in my life. You know, he's helping me with that as well. And that's something I was kind of interested in. So your ministry is centered on outreach to those suffering from stress or worry in a particular way. It is. Given all of the reflection that you've done um, on, on on these themes, why is it that you felt called to this particular ministry or why have these themes become so important to you? You know, Father, I have to credit the Holy Spirit for that one. I I never started out with the intention of focusing on anxiety and worry, but I'm an anxious person by nature, and I've struggled with it for years and years, and the Lord's helped me, and one day I got the inspiration, maybe I should help my fellow warriors to break free and to help them find peace, and you know, it's really... It's really been a blessing. And, and I keep saying, well, that's it. I've spoken enough about it. I've written enough about it. And then another idea comes up. And then COVID-19 comes up. And, you know, and, and I realize I'm going to keep speaking about this for the rest of my life and never run out of material. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a topic that it's a topic and an experience that is both yeah. um, long standing and uh, very common to a lot of people. Right. You, you, you know, you mentioned COVID, like we are in a yeah. world right now where I think anxiety, I was tossing and turning last night. I was confident in our decision to send our kid back to school. And now it's mm-hmm. like, wait a second, maybe not. And it's just kind of this, what have you noticed is, is really happening in the hearts and minds of people 
in recent months and what you think people are going to be experiencing in, in the coming weeks and months? You know, Katie, it's interesting you mentioned that because my wife has been struggling with severe, almost crippling anxiety for the past several months based on this whole COVID pandemic. And uh, But you know what, it, what I've noticed is she has been drawing closer to the Lord through this process. It, it's increased her faith. She's going through a conversion. We're praying more as a family together. Uh, so I see the positive uh, things coming out of this because I think everybody around the world is realizing we need God and we're not in control. And even somebody like me who thought I understood, I didn't understand because I, 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 I was, uh, I failed to be grateful from, for some of the blessings that were, that were given to me. So for, for, for all of us, I think we're learning that we are, we are not in control and in a sense we never were, but we just kind of thought we were. Mm-hmm. Gary, in, the, in this particular situation, I mean, when we talk about stress or anxiety or worry, especially when it comes to the pandemic, there are real yeah. worries, real yeah. concrete worries. Right. Um, that we might even maybe coin as sort of uh, um, these aren't these aren't fears or, or anxieties about what might happen. Right. A lot of these fears are, are real for people, whether that's losing a job or mm-hmm. shortage of money or, or whatever these things might be. But you know, just reflecting on my own worry in the past in preparation for our time together this afternoon, yeah. I, I realize like there, there's sometimes that uh, it almost seems that we we want to be stuck in in the past or or about the future again mm-hmm. these are more unrealistic worries maybe that i'm referring to here why why are those sorts of worries like so satisfying like why is it why is it fun for us to sort of sit in that i mean it seems like a you know a place where we spin our wheels up yeah why is worry so satisfying those unrealistic worries you know father i've i've heard it said and i can i can agree with this based on my own experience that um those of us who tend to be worriers we like to control the future so if we're prepared for the worst case or anything that might happen, we feel we're in control. We almost feel like it's preparation. We should be doing this, but worry is different than preparation. You know, there's, it's one thing to prepare for a negative outcome and make whatever preparations we can, but it's another thing to let our mind go crazy and just spin through these, this endless cycle of what might happen, the what ifs. Um, but for many people who tend to be worriers, we just, we find security there. It, it almost feels good in a sort of a bizarre sort of way to, um, to, to worry about what might happen because we don't want to be caught by surprise. And you reflect on this a couple of times. I mean, I, I, like even in your piece for, for finding peace, right. Um, mm-hmm. preparing for, for what you can do, but not being so caught in that, that, that becomes a worry or anxiety in and of itself. But what would you say maybe as a, as an antidote to, to, to kind of obsessing about preparation that we realistically can't prepare for every, every situation. Exactly. Um, so maybe what's an antidote to that, uh, not, not having that anxiety or worry about the fear mm-hmm. of the unknown or the fear of the future? Yeah, it, it, and what I would say to that, Father, is that the best, the best antidote to that or the best way to handle that is to, it, it, to look at your situation. Is there something I can do today to prevent this bad outcome from occurring in the future? If I'm concerned about running out of money, maybe I could save some money. If I'm concerned that I might die suddenly and my, parent, my family wouldn't be able to survive without me, I could look into life insurance. So I like to look at it as, is there anything I can do today? And if there is, God wants me to do it. I mean, he gave me common sense. He gave me an intellect. He gave me the ability to do certain things, and he expects me to use my resources to, to help myself. But we don't want to just anticipate the endless list of things that might happen. And I feel that the guidance of the Holy Spirit is invaluable when it comes to that. You know, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what should I do? 
how much is too much? And I've found that he doesn't let you down. Hmm. I love that. Like the, I, what step can I take in the immediate, whether it's right. a small step or a big step to right. almost bring some, um, calm to my heart and even to yeah. the situation, right? Like that's, so that's kind of where I want to end the conversation, Gary, is what's like maybe two or pra- two or three practical things a person can do every day to keep that worry, to keep that anxiety, maybe even to keep the anger that might be building up as a result of that. What are two or three things a person could do every day um, to keep that in check? The first thing is start your day in prayer. Every morning I ask the Holy Spirit to help me. I ask the Holy Spirit to inspire my thoughts, my words, my actions, and to control my emotions. I even ask him to do that. That helps tremendously. The other thing is to just focus on scripture every day. I read the daily mass readings every day, and I have a number of books that I look at. Um, And I I start my day in prayer. You you have to get off uh, to a good start each day and then try to recognize. I pray to see the Lord's hand in everything, to be able to see his presence in everything that happens or everything that occurs in my life. And just that constant awareness of, uh, of being with him. And I try to talk to him throughout the day. And, and, and I feel pretty good when I do that. Mm-hmm. Well, Gary, your new book is coming out this fall. Where can we uh, find out more about you and what you're doing? What, where can we check you out? The best place, Katie, is my website, followingthetruth.com. Awesome. Well, Gary, thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This conversation, I think, just goes to show the importance of community and in this time when we've either been isolated or just now getting back into community in a, in a physical way or in a, in a relational way, maybe um, for the first time in a while, it just goes to show the importance of connected connectivity and communion, I would think. Um, the reality that, that part of this stress and anxiety can, can be rooted in our sense that we're doing this alone or that we are alone or isolated. And so good invitation here, I think, to, to find that connectedness, whether online or over the phone or whatever it might be. Um, but especially for those of us on campus this year, um, beginning, beginning the school year, or for parents who are watching their children come back, um, it is new. It, it, it's really different watching the kids here on campus trying to, one, recognize their friends with masks on, right. two, going through the struggles of not being able to hug or kind of welcome uh, their friends as they come back. It's been, again, a long time since they've seen each other. Um, that, that communion is something they're really striving for. And so one of the challenges, but invitations of the year, I think, is trying to find what those opportunities might be and, and to not get stuck in in, the, in how different it looks. It, it does look different, but I think mm. um, that, that opportunity for connectedness, for being known, which is certainly something that all of us are passionate about uh, and, and need in our life, some level of intimacy, uh, that's possible still, you know, and, it, and it's just... Um, recognizing that amidst the stress of the the newness of these protocols, the newness of what's being asked, especially as we go back to school, uh, that there's still opportunities for connectedness. And we just got to, we just got to be mindful of those. Yeah. I mean, connectedness is like, none of us are born in isolation. Like we're born into families. Um, We're born into community and it's hard to lose it. And I mean, COVID took it in a lot of ways. My my sister just went back to DC last week um, and it was hard to say goodbye to her because we've had her home for five months. And like, we haven't had, Aunt, Aunt, we call her Wawa. Her name is Laura, but <laughs> L's are impossible for a three-year-old. So we call her Wawa. And like, we haven't had this much time with her since she moved to DC to start work on her canon law stuff. Um, and so all of us just like, it, she just, 
was part of the routine again. And now like watching Rose kind of adjust to the fact that Wawa can't come over because she's now back a thousand miles away, but we can FaceTime, right? Like that's, it's just adjusting and like readjusting our expectations. Um, I, I think it's, it's been fascinating too, at least I know in our family, how, how much togetherness we have had and how fruitful that's been for our Catholic family. Um, it was kind of one of the reasons, and this is a total commercial here, but it's kind of one of the reasons we're doing a whole Ave Explorer series on Catholic family life that's launching this coming Wednesday, because we wanted to really take a look at like, okay, here's what the family is and here's how it affects the world. And here's why it's so important to invest in your family. One of my favorite parts of the whole series is um, we had people reflect on the marriage vows. So for richer, for poor, for better or worse, in sickness and in health. And people that have like really walked through the fire with those vows. And so I, I'm super pumped about that series. It's, it's starting on Wednesday of this week. Um, and I think we'll also address some of like what we've been talking about, which is anxiety within our families, within community, how we can cope with that, how we can thrive with that. On that note, it's time for our favorite segment. Uh, Father, what do you have hope for this week? My hope for the week is as we get back into the regular routine, especially on my own ministry, uh, regular ministry to the students at Notre Dame. Um, my hope is to, to help them uh, come back into the space of being known and loved in, in the Mass. I know so many of them have been without the Mass for a really long time. And to be able to come back as a community with their friends, with their peers, uh, and with their dorm communities is always so special and, and, and formative. And it's a vulnerable place, but a, a place that they're willing to go together. And uh, to be part of that, uh, I'm just really overjoyed to begin masses, uh, to begin liturgies with them, and to see them experience the love of God in the sacraments together. Uh, there's just such a joy there. And um, yeah, just just to be together again for the school year, but to be together in the presence of God. Yeah, because you're, there's a, this is kind of off topic, but I am curious, and I think our listeners will be too. So there's a CSC priest in every dorm. There's a Holy Cross priest in most dorms. Yeah, not, not every single one, um, but uh, both in uh, in residence, like a priest in residence, taking care of the spiritual needs of the students, and then some in some dorms as a rector as well, yeah. or in place of the, the priest in residence. And um, so... They're spread. There's about uh, 50 or 60 Holy Cross priests and religious at Notre Dame, and um, again, taking care of the spiritual needs of the of the, of the dorm, the students, but also taking care of mass and, and the sacramental needs as well. That's awesome. I mean, like you get a live-in priest. That's pretty cool. And they see us in a different way. You know? Yeah. They well, you you not just on the altar. It's your regular life, playing Xbox or listening to whatever music. Yeah. Or whatever. So father, dad, you become. <laughs> You become the dad. I love that. My father, brother. I'm, I'm a little too. Or that too. They have they have themes in the dorm, so they like put sticker, they put like pictures on everyone's dorm uh, door, and so they asked if they could put Gandalf on my my door. And I was like, is that just because I'm old, or is it because like I'm a wisdom figure? It's like, oh, it's a father. It's because you're a wisdom figure. All right, just check. It. But what is it Gandalf the gray or Gandalf the white? What? Okay, so you, you you've already transitioned to the proper full blown. Yep. Winning Gandalf. I love it. We just started reading Chronicles of Narnia. So we are, we're not far from Lord of the Rings in this house. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have hope this week. I, so tomorrow, Tuesday the 18th, I have a Sirius XM hour-long radio special. So I have hope that my Wi-Fi works <laughs> for this special that I get to do for an hour. I'm talking to my good friend. My guest is Marcea Lane McGee. She's a family teacher, which is a really cool job. 
um, where she basically runs kind of like a, a pseudo foster home for teenage boys right outside of Chicago, um, right over the border in Wisconsin. But she's just awesome. She's a dear, dear friend of mine. We've known each other for years in ministry, and I'm just excited to get to talk to her and to take listener calls, and, and it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then Rose starts school on Monday. So by the time we're back on the show, Rose will be in uniform going to school every day. So I, I have a lot of hope for that, but we can talk about that next week. Um, so, but yeah, it's, uh, here we go. August 17th, the week of August 17th. Have fun, everybody. You can subscribe to Ave Spotlight wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. We'd, of course, be grateful for a rating and review so more people can find the show and listen to the awesome content that we're creating. This week, of course, Gary Zemak. Next week, we've got Roy Pettifee. The week after that, Chika Anyanwu. So we've got some excellent content coming up, and we hope that you join us and become a regular Monday listener to this little show that we are creating over at Ave Maria Press. We also want you to click down in the show notes and there's a, a link to Gary's books as well as a link to our new Ave Explorer series on Catholic family life. That series gets kicked off on the 19th with some excellent content. We already have two podcast episodes published and more coming later this week. So we hope that you tune in there. Thanks for listening. And as always, we hope that you have a hope-filled week.